0: Welcome to F's Given, a
1: very special live podcast. Oh yeah, clapping on my own, guys. Hey. Welcome to F's Given. I'm Reed
0: and I'm Florence and we are on a mission to revolutionize the sex space, break down barriers and give the lowdown on all things sexy.
1: Thank you for all joining us. This is going to be very different to how we normally do our F's given podcast. We are going to try our best not to have any interesting language, let's say. So my apologies if anything slips out. Um, We have the wonderful Callum here. Please tell us who you are. And why you're here today.
2: Hello, my name is Callum McSwiggan and I have an LGBT plus YouTube channel where I talk about a lot of sex and relationships. Why you've invited me here today, I don't know. You tell me.
1: I mean, pretty perfect. (laughs) (laughs) You are perfect for this and we're so thrilled to have you on. We, if... Anybody doesn't know, Florence and I, uh, my name's Reid as well, we are Come Curious. We are a Mm sex-positive, body-positive, mental health movement. We're not even just a blog anymore. Movement, we like to say. So we're here to talk about all things sex. Can I even say that? I think think you can say say sex. sex. I can say sex. (laughs) Sex is okay. I've been worried about this for a long time. (laughs) If anyone knows our podcast, we use a lot of vulgar language, so... Yeah, yeah. trying because, to be good. Because we're at VidCon today and
0: the audience is slightly lo- slightly younger, we did want to sort of... Ta- um, the subjects are going to be a little bit more sex education um, targeted towards younger people, which is such an important conversation to be having.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, we, I mean, our main protocol is targeting... People who are young and unsure about their sexualities, have loads of questions, especially because sex education in this day and age is awful. And we're still trying to get it better, especially worldwide. We are trying to change everybody's mind with how we talk about sex, how we process it. And often or not, it's just, yeah, having a good old chinwag about it, finding out what other people do and not thinking yourself so weird. It's all about
0: talking openly about sex, which kind of leads us on to our first question for Callum, which Ooh. is what do you think about numbers and the stigma surrounding how many people you've slept with?
2: Oh, that's a good one. I mean, my number's quite high. So, Ooh, you know.
0: Hey!
2: Okay. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think it can go both ways because I think. I almost think there's almost like a little bit of misogyny when it comes to this as well. Like, there's a big divide between the number of people women are, are allowed, in inverted commas, yes. to have sex with, and the number of people men are. And I think a lot of time, especially when growing up, the number of people that a man has had slept uh, has had sex with is... Almost like it's rooted, it's connected to their masculinity. Mm -hmm, It's It's connected to their self worth. Mm -hmm. Whereas I think it often goes the other way with women. It's Mm -hmm. somehow the more people you sleep with, the less valuable you are, the less your worth is. And I think it's. It's it's an issue, you know. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter how many people you've slept with, whether it's a lot or a little, mm-hmm. one person, three thousand people. You know, just live your life.
1: Exactly. Yeah. We, we're big believers in whatever your number is, whether it's zero and you're proud, or it's a thousand. Be proud of your number and who you are, because that's so important. You can have sex with as many people or as little people as you like. It's your sexuality. It's your sex, guys. <laughs> it's all <laughs> yours. Nobody else is to judge. Are, are you allowed to point? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm so sorry. Hold on. You, uh, uh, <laughs> this
2: is this is going to be hard, guys.
0: <laughs> a challenge, a healthy challenge. Listened, yeah, if you listen to um, F Given before, um, you'll know that it does get a little raunchy,
1: <laughs> um
0: So today we are going to be talking about slightly different things. Um, we're going to be talking about puberty, the first time, coming out, and advice that you would give your younger self.
1: So let's move on to puberty. Uh, tell me a bit about your—I was going to say pubic region—that is not what I mean. <laughs> but your I mean, your I can. experience with puberty.
2: I—I I, I went into it like really, really young. Like, Did you? I, I think they say that girls can go into puberty at, like around from nine onwards. Yeah, it can right? be
1: really early. Yeah. I swear,
2: I was in puberty at like eight. As yeah, a boy. Really? Wow. I, I, and maybe I'm wrong, but I, I remember I got pubic hair very, very young when I was in like primary school. Um, and I was having... Can I say erections?
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, erections are, I think, a medical word. I, okay, good, good. <laughs> uh, I, was, I was
2: getting erections and things, and I was definitely masturbating at a very young age. Um, so I went into it very early, and I think... At first, I was just like, oh, this is a fun thing to do. And I didn't think there was no shame attached to it because I didn't know what it was. I think before society actually tells you that, oh, you're supposed to be ashamed of this thing. I don't think that shame comes from inside ourselves. I think it's like an outward thing that comes from other people. Mm -hmm. So I remember being in like primary school and sitting. I specifically remember this to this day, sitting around in the like lunch canteen, eating lunch with a load of my like eight year old friends. And I started, like, talking about, like, some quite graphically sexual things that I was doing because I just thought, oh, this is a fun thing. Like, I really enjoy doing this thing. And it was their reactions that, for the first time in my life, made me go, oh, right, maybe this isn't something I'm supposed to tell people. Maybe this is something I'm supposed to keep private. Maybe this is something I'm supposed to be ashamed about, you know. And I think that that shame came from there and it kind of stemmed and grew and grew from there. And so... I think yeah, I d I don't know why I went into puberty so early, but I, I did. It's and so
1: normal. I mean we all go into we can go into puberty for the ages of, yeah, like eight to could be as late as what, nineteen people yeah. can still be going through their pubic Waves. <laughs>
2: yeah. I, I, I think there's a like almost like I don't want to say an issue, but there's definitely you know people are afraid to talk about sex education, especially when it comes to younger people. But I definitely think we can start educating people about sex from a very young age. And yeah, I'm not saying we have to talk about like extremely graphic things to like really young kids, but we can we can break it down. Uh, I think I was saying to you guys earlier that I think it's fine to be talking to like a three-year-old, four-year-old about this is your penis, this is your vulva, you know, the, these are your body parts. And I think it's fine for a child to know those things.
1: Absolutely. And I think
2: it, it's almost like on a sliding scale, as they age, you can tell them more and more things. But you should really be telling them those things before they're hitting them.
1: Yeah. You know, yeah. it's no good ah. telling
2: a girl about her period once she's already on it. It's no good telling a boy what masturbation is yeah. when he's already doing it. Mm-hmm. It's, no, it's no good telling people how to use a condom when they've already been having unprotected sex for two years.
1: Sex education should start at an early age. Mm-hmm. I mean, they do it over in, in the Scandinavian countries and they do start teaching sex ed at the ages of three and four and it's it's proven over and over again that it's it's been really detrimental to their mental health when it comes to sex. They feel more confident and they know what consent is. It Obviously, the content does matter. You're not going to be talking about necessarily graphic things that we might experience when they're older, but absolutely, the puberty and genitals and what makes a baby, that's important for children to learn. Yeah, and
0: like how your body body changes as well, because I mean I think that's what shocks most people when they're going through puberty, it's just like all these new things that are happening of your body or your hormones are
1: changing, you're suddenly like, "What? what's happening to me? So embarrassed about it. And no one told me it was okay to get boobs or pubes or, mm. or any of that. I remember being so frightened and, oh my God, I look so weird and different to everyone. Yeah. That was because my school didn't tell me that everybody looks different. Everyone yeah. has different breasts and... Hair growing from different places and it's all normal. We just all we thought we were just weird and one of a kind and we weren't. Everyone was in that same uncomfortable, embarrassed boat together mm. and that's something we're hoping to change.
0: Yeah, and everyone goes through it at like different times as well so I felt that there was quite a lot of stigma attached to sort of like when you're doing sports, sports day or something at school and you're in the changing room together and like some girls would have boobs and some would still be in those little like weird little training bra vests. Yeah. And... <laughs> you'd just be like oh god like really embarrassed i remember i used to wear like a little snoopy one and um the other girls in the changing room laughed at me
1: oh that's not fair that's that's only because they don't know themselves you know we we laugh at things that we're unsure about and uncomfortable with only as a sense of it's a coping mechanism so if you've ever laughed at anybody don't blame yourself for that it's just because you weren't sure as well yeah i'm sure we've all done that i remember being like naked and very young doing, uh, getting changed for swimming. And as soon as I started growing hair, then I was like, I don't want anybody to look at this. Mm. I'm weird, I'm wrong. I have to stop having baths with my sister. Yeah kind of stuff and it, it, it I wish someone had just said oh yeah that's normal and that's gonna happen and everyone goes through that
2: I was mortified by my pubic hair I remember yeah. going swimming <laughs> yeah. again yeah. With, like m- my class because we didn't have like a situation where in PE we didn't like use locker rooms and get naked and stuff so going swimming was like the first time I was like seeing other boys naked and I kind of just assumed that everyone else had the same pubic hair that I did yeah and then everybody's. Pulling off their underwear, and I'm like, "Oh God!" Like I'm some like weird Sasquatch creature <laughs> over here. Um, and I, you know, I was so embarrassed about that. And then, obviously, everyone else did start kind of um, growing pubic hair and things, and. I think then there was almost like a shame directed at the people who weren't yeah so it was absolutely. like either way you, you you can't win
1: I was a late bloomer I remember that my sister ended up getting she's two years younger than me getting her period before I did and I was like really? I don't know why what's happened what am I doing wrong and it was that's just normal that's just the way of life um, I wish someone had told me that I was kind of jealous I was like you got your period first as soon as mine came I was like you can have it back I don't want this anymore <laughs> it's horrible how, how old are you when you got your period I was, must have been quite late, like maybe 14, 15. Uh, okay, and I, I remember one of, one of my friends was nine when she got hers. So I really oh, wow. thought I was uh, very different in that sense. Yeah. Especially yeah. there's a whole stigma around age. And we're not told properly that you can be super young or you can be a lot older. And yeah. that's just fine.
0: Yeah, I think girls as well quite often just learn about their periods when they get them.
1: Yeah. <laughs> No one tells you. It's just suddenly, I'm dealing with this now. This is happening now. Why is there blood in my knickers? Like, this
0: is wrong. Am I dying?
1: You feel like you're being punished. Yeah. (laughs)
0: There's there's that famous
2: scene in Carrie. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie where she gets her period for the first time and she's she's I think she gets it quite late and she's Mm. kind of in the she's in the shower in the locker room and she's she starts bleeding and she's she's terrified. She's horrified about what's happening to her body. Mm. And I can see that being a very real thing. I certainly wouldn't want to be a girl growing up and experiencing that for the first time and going, I have no idea what's this. Like, am I dying? Am I literally dying?
1: That just goes to show what we're lacking in sex education. You know, sex education saves lives. It saves people's mental health and happiness in the future. Actually, even just when they're going through it, it's so important.
0: Yeah. Which leads us on to our next... Uh, topic which is first time Ah. let's talk to you about your first time
2: oh my first time is was that there were there wasn't just one gentleman involved there were two
1: way (laughs) hey
2: I think (laughs) that's uh, somebody opened the door as I said that and then decided to leave (laughs) (laughs) uh, (laughs) um Yeah, and like I didn't really know. I I think like a lot of teenagers, I thought by the time that I was having sex for the first time that I knew it all. You know, I was I was a bit cocky, I was a bit arrogant about it and and kinda going into it, I was like, Oh yeah, I know what I'm doing and then you kinda get there and go, Oh no, this is completely different when you're actually doing it. This is completely different to what you might see in adult videos online, this is completely different to the conversations that I've had in, with the schoolmates or in sex education, I think actually being there and doing it for the first time is something very different, especially when there's two people involved instead of one.
0: Absolutely, <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> thrown in the deep end. I'm there. not prepared for that now, let alone like when I was a
1: teenager. I, I spent
2: a lot of time waiting, you know. So I was like, well, let's have two at once.
1: <laughs> two But I think waiting's also a a great opportunity for your virginity. I remember my mum said, you can lose your virginity at whatever age you want. You know, make sure you feel ready for it. And a lot of people don't know that that's a possibility. A lot of people get told by the parents, you have to wait till you're 18 or you have to wait to a certain age. And I don't think that should be right. I think it should be when you do feel ready for it. When you get to a point, you're like, "I I think I can do this now. Otherwise, there's a lot of shame and fear that you've lost it before your parents would be okay with Mm -hmm. um what Uh, age were you I was 16 16 cool
2: I I have a bit of an issue with like virginity as a concept Mm. um I you know obviously I think it's it it is something that you can cherish you know the first time you have sex if you want if you want that to be a special thing then absolutely you can do that and all 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 the more power to you but I just think it's this idea of oh we have to Lose it, or we don't want to lose it. It's like we're somehow more or less valuable, whether or not we lose this thing. But you're not losing anything. It's not a, it's not a real thing. You know, virginity is just your, it's just the first time you're doing something. We don't talk about like losing I I don't know, watching Netflix virginity. That's a really bad <laughs> example. But you know what I mean? Like well, we Like don't, kissing
1: virginity. Yeah, we don't
2: put so much emphasis and pressure around other things. So I don't know why we do with sex. It doesn't have to be the biggest deal of your life if you
0: don't want it to be yeah because it really puts it on like a pedestal doesn't Mm. it like wow this is something you really need to be prepared for I mean you do need to be prepared for it in in certain ways but it kind of just like um, it builds it up so much that people get so nervous and it just becomes, like, a really scary thing. And it's terrifying. And be
1: scary. And it's, it's so huge in school as well. Everyone's finding out if you're losing it or not. And if you haven't, they're like, oh, I wonder when... Uh, you have your group of friends, you're like, who's going to lose it first? And it shouldn't really be that. It should just be any kind of sexual experience should be appreciated and applauded, especially because they're all very important for who we become in the future. Not even who we become, but they're, they're sort of like the stepping stones on how we treat sex. Mm-hmm. I mean I want to know more about this first time. Can you go into some well I, I'm not detail. sure how much I D- can detail. and can't say
2: in this room like how
1: were you nervous? <laughs> were you were you frightened? Was it easy?
2: I was excited is, is, oh. what, I, is, what, is, is what I was. Um, no, but one thing I do want to talk about is is, is pain when it comes to sex because yes. I think when a lot of people talk about losing their virginity mm-hmm. they speak about it as a very painful process and I do think it's important to acknowledge that yes there can be pain especially if you're not e- experienced or don't know what you're doing but at the same time I just really want to emphasise this and I say it whenever I get the opportunity it does not have to hurt, it doesn't have to hurt if it's your, even if it's your first time it doesn't mm-hmm. have to hurt if it's anal sex I don't know if I can say anal sex but I am um, <laughs> you know it, it, do, it, it does Not have to hurt, and my first time didn't hurt because we took it very, very slowly. And yeah, there was, I have had painful sex but my first time wasn't painful and it doesn't That's have to so be painful. Good. That
1: is really and that cool. means you had complete trust with the people that you were having fun with. A lot of the time when it comes to pain with sex, people feel like they can't say anything because it's going to kill the mood yeah. or ruin the situation that they're in. I mean, for for women especially, it, it doesn't have to hurt. It, it can be uncomfortable, mm. but it doesn't have to be painful and traumatic and blood everywhere. It, it can be quite beautiful and romantic yeah. as long as you go slow and there's a lot of... Especially we, we have a problem, we can have a problem with self-lubrication because with fear, you can get problems with lubrication. Definitely. Um, if you're Use with lube. a partner where you feel comfortable with, using lube is a great idea. You know, there's no problems there Like with, well, with trying to, can't go too graphic, trying to <laughs> uh, get get things going. <laughs> I... Th- I, 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 I
2: I, I genuinely think it's it's the fear. It's people thinking it's going to hurt that makes it hurt. Yeah, you know, if, it's you, like, if you just lose that fear and relax, then I yeah, think going to a lot better. The
0: relaxation is such a big part of it, isn't it? Because if you're nervous, you sort of tense up and then... All parts of your body are gonna tense up, even your genitals. Mm -hmm. So if you're relaxed into the situation, you have prepared like you've done full play before, you're relaxed with the person that you're with, you trust them, then you can ease yourself into the situation a lot better. Yeah.
1: Feeling confident about your body is also so important. Mm -hmm. If if you're feeling nervous about showing off any part of you, then you are gonna tense up. There's something called vaginismus as well, which is often not with trauma when it comes to either mental or physical sex, where you do physically close yourself up. And that can be really problematic for women of all ages. And they think that they're doing something wrong in bed when actually it's just something that needs to be unlocked in their brains to show them that they can have a good time. I mean, therapy is great for that. We're huge advocates of therapy. We love it. (laughs) I love it.
0: Let's move on to the next section which
1: is your coming out story.
2: Ooh, uh, yeah, okay. How do you want me to approach this?
1: <laughs> oh <laughs> I mean, I want it to go juicy and deep, but I don't think we can have that. When
2: uh, when when I came out, um, there was this thing called MSN. Do you remember MSN? Yeah, MSN.
1: <laughs> that was uh, so cool. So
2: my, my parents actually moved abroad when I was 16. Uh, so I actually came out to my mom over MSN Messenger. Oh, which, wow. If I'm honest, it, it felt like a bit of a cop out you know because everyone else you know when I talk about coming out with people they're always like yeah I had this like really heartwarming sit down with my family and there was tears and it's like you know that scene in Love, Simon which is like so emotional it's (laughs) like you can breathe now Simon (laughs) and it's beautiful my mum was just like k-lol on MSN like you (laughs) know like I didn't have that big dramatic moment but but you know I think it's 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 almost great that it doesn't have to be
1: a big deal it shouldn't have to be you know people who are straight don't have to come out to their parents so they say that in Love, Simon could you imagine if straight people but, sorry, um... <sighs> I'm straight. Like, oh God, <laughs> I can't believe it. Uh, anyone that has to come out to their parents, they have a, a huge emotional and a lot of a stigma around it, saying that you have to come out. It has to be this huge, big deal. And it's it's quite nice that you didn't necessarily have that experience. It was quite like easy flowing. But
2: yeah, there was no there was no drama or anything really, which was which was quite lovely. And I also did the thing, which I know is mildly problematic, but with my friends, I I did the whole saying that I was bisexual as a stepping stone, and wow. I do not recommend recommend people do that because I think it kind of can contribute to like by erasure and mm-hmm. things but at the same time it really helped me to kind of like come out slowly so I'm kind of in two minds I'm kind of divided yeah. about whether or not how
0: did you come out to your friends then was that a lot sooner than you came out to? Your friends?
2: I actually moved to school so I went on mm-hmm. to a sixth form at the same time that I was starting to realize that I was gay and that kind of gave me a really really good opportunity because I was making new friends for the first time so it was never like Oh, you've always known me as straight Callum. Well, guess
1: what? <laughs> <A> surprise.
2: <laughs> Instead it was like, "Hey, new friend." And I'd be like, "I'm I'm gay." And they'd be like, "Cool. Nice to meet you too. What's your name?" Yeah. <laughs>
1: Oh, like so I <laughs> <laughs> that must have been really challenging but also quite exciting for you it was an
2: exciting time and I think I had just I mean I came out in a flourish of rainbow colors and glitter it was a, it was a little bit Amazing. much I'm gonna be honest <laughs> with you I think I had held it in for so long and I was trying to be this really kind of straight I, I used to wear all black I mean look at me today I'm in pink um, <laughs> I used to wear all black and I was like very reserved and kept to myself and used to like try and speak in a deep voice which I can't do but I tried (laughs) um so then when I finally came out it was like I've been holding this in for 16 years so it's it's coming out and it's coming out hard and I, I think it took me a few years to kind of go okay now I'm gonna relax into this and like actually realize who I am rather than trying to be you know someone I'd seen on Will and Grace
0: yeah what would you do you have any advice for allies and like how people can support um people that are coming out
2: I think, and this is going to sound like completely contradictory to what I've just said, is that don't do the thing. I think a lot of people now are like, oh, yeah, we support LGBT plus people. So if someone comes out to me, I'm just going to be like, yeah, cool, whatever. Like, actually, don't do that. I think Mm. you need to you don't want to make a huge deal out of it. But you also don't want to make no deal out of it, because I think that person may have been building up the courage to tell you that for years and if you just kind of go cool or never say i already knew no yeah. ever say i already I can knew imagine that's even so if you hard did like don't say that just be as supportive as possible like be excited for them like oh my god congratulations that's amazing and then kind of gauge what they want do you want to talk about it like do you want me to throw you a party like wh- what do you want you know <laughs> coming out party should be like thing that coming yeah. out cards exists now congratulations you're gay like oh,
1: that's so cute. I didn't get
2: that <laughs> it's
1: like
0: i
2: wish i did <laughs> yeah I I love that.
1: That's incredible. I mean, I, I, I kind of agree with you. It should be the same. When I was coming out with my, to my parents, there was never a sit-down chat. It was always just, oh yeah, that guy on the TV is really fit, and that girl on the TV is really fit. And oh, that other person's really fit as well. And I've uh, no idea what sexuality <laughs> they are. Like, I enjoyed it. Oh, it shouldn't, it should be what you want it to be. If you want it to be a big moment, then then you should have maybe the support network that can help you make it a big moment or just be chill and cool about it.
2: Yeah, 100%.
1: Did you, for Ed, did you ever
0: like have any awkward moments around it that you wish you could change in some sort of way?
2: What, about my like coming out mm. process? I think it just would have helped me if, I had more role models, I think, yeah. because me coming out as gay, I actually had just met the first. I'd never I'd never met another gay person, which sounds insane, but I was, I was 16 years old and I'd never met another gay person. And it was meeting another boy who was also 16 years old who had just come out himself that kind of gave me the courage to do it. And I think the whole process would have been so much easier if I just had more role models. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we often talk about, like, the importance of LGBT plus representation in movies and books and things like that. But actually, real-life representation matters too. Mm-hmm. And I think if I had had... I probably did have gay teachers, but they weren't allowed to tell me that they were gay. Of
1: course. And that's
2: ridiculous. Madness. You know, like. I needed real-life role models, whether that was an uncle, a friend of the family, a neighbour, a teacher, a a doctor, like anyone. I just needed to see another LGBT plus person, another gay man, to be more specific, and
1: successful and happy. Yeah, exactly. So I
2: could go, okay. Like this is a valid thing. Like I remember as a teenager, I used to sit there and be like, how am I going to have sex with a woman? Because I wasn't going, oh, I'm going to be able to come out one day and be gay. I was going, okay, so. I like men and I want to have sex with men, but that's not allowed. So I have to, Mm. I'm going to have to pretend I'm going to have to marry a woman. And I remember being like 14 years old, like trying to, I I remember like masturbating and trying to think about women, like trying to make it work so that I would be able to have sex with a woman and lie to this woman that I was going to marry and spend the rest of my life with. (laughs) Oh no. Like genuinely, because there was nobody going Callum, I'm I'm gay and, and, and this is allowed. Yeah, you and you it's can okay. be this as well. Um, I actually worked as a teacher for myself for a little while and it was in Italy where they are a little more conservative um, mm-hmm. than they are here. And I was told by like the head teachers in the school and everything like it's fine that you're gay, but you cannot tell your students. And they would constantly ask me about this. Do you have a girlfriend? Do you have a girlfriend? (gasps) So eventually I told them and me telling them, like one of my students ended up coming out to me. Like, it's Aww. so important, and we keep telling people, oh, don't, don't tell that child over there that you're gay. No, do, because that might be everything that they need to hear.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. What's that, what do you think's going to happen? Your teacher tells you you're gay, and then they're all going to be gay. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, literally. Is that the like... fear? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's unreal. And the fact that you help somebody come out is so important. That probably changed that kid's life forever. Yeah. That's I amazing.
0: I was really lucky because I grew up in Brighton, and obviously that's, like, the most open place ever for that sort of thing so I never really felt like um uh, that people had like those awkward moments there and I I just wish that that could be the rest of the country as well completely agree
2: and like the thing is as well like people seem to think that LGBT plus people is this little quiet hidden away sect and it's like no every time you get on the bus you are surrounded by LGBT plus people you know we just don't realize it and and so often it's because we're told to be quiet about it especially Mm -hmm. around kids
1: Definitely, we are in a little um, modern bubble, especially in London, because you think, oh, everyone's just LGBTQ happy and and it's all alright, but just completely forgetting the rest of the the world and how backwards it is and how how it keeps changing and and you know it might even get worse rather than better. We we've got no idea. I mean, I feel so lucky that we ha- we're in a city and in a country where it's It's accepted or getting accepted, I mean, let alone the rest of the world. I I can't even imagine what it must be like to be gay in a country where it's still illegal.
0: Yeah, I think that's why the internet is so important because it gives everyone a platform and everyone can find the internet. So everyone can find people's voices. So it's just like you have to put like you have to be proud and you have to put your voice out there because it will help so many people.
2: That's that's what I love about the like online LGBT plus community. So much of the time now, it's like you, I'll get like a 14-year-old tweet me and they're just living in some small town somewhere where they've never met another LGBT plus person. They think they're the only person in the world. And then they oh, hop on Twitter and it's like, oh, everyone's gay. <laughs> <laughs> the
1: whole world is gay. <laughs> oh, that's, that's, well, that's, that's incredible. So, sorry
2: to interrupt you. It's just, uh, but like when I was in school as well, I was like, I am the only gay kid in school. And then, like, I went on Facebook, like, six months ago. And I was like, let's look up some of my old classmates. And it was like, gay, gay, lesbian, <laughs> trans. Like It was like, oh, we were all LGBT+. We were all just uh, being quiet about it. Nobody, yeah. we, none of us were speaking about it.
1: Yeah, it's such a shame that that happens. It's, I wish that we could talk about it more. And hopefully, sex education positively moving in the way it is. And hopefully, yeah. we will be able to talk about it more. As, as easy as we can, like, maths. uh, one day (laughs) do you have any advice for people that are coming out
2: um I think find a support network and I know that's really difficult when you've told nobody but I'm hoping there will be whether it's somebody online or you know another person who has expressed an interest in LGBT plus people they don't have to be LGBT plus themselves I think build a little support network first and even if you don't have anyone if you can't find anyone online or any friends or anything that you know then there are support services available there's like switchboard which is an amazing helpline which anyone can call and have a chat to like minded lgbt plus people and get advice and i think at the absolute minimum that is there for you because i think the last thing you want to do is come out to your parents and i mean god forbid this ever happens but the last thing you want to do is come out to your parents and then be like right, we're not supporting you. You know, there have been kids made homeless and things like yeah, that because their parents down. hasn't supported them. So I would always recommend trying to find at least some kind of support network before mm-hmm. you do that. And, you know, it's, it's likely going to be your most trusted friend, your best friend or somebody like that who you know will have your back. And you know that they won't care that you're LGBT plus. And then it's about you know, nobody goes, nobody gets on stage and gets all the people they know in a room and goes, hello, everyone, I'm gay. Like it's, it's a <laughs> gradual process and it never ends, you know, like you come out every time you meet a new person like I still like I walk in a room and I'm like covered in rainbows and glitter and I'm like wearing a mesh top and little hot pants and then somebody's like oh so do you have a girlfriend I'm like are you
1: blind <laughs>
2: <laughs> so you know we, we're constantly coming out it's 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 a process that goes on throughout our entire life and you know it's just about taking that first step
1: mm-hmm. and some great advice
0: a try. So our last section is um, all about advice that you would give your younger self, sex advice that you'd give your younger self. Do you have any?
1: Oh my goodness. (laughs) Um, Sex advice I'd give my younger self. That... No, you're not weird because you got hair on your nipples. For a long time, I thought my boobs were the weirdest thing. It's like, you can look at my vagina any day, but you can't look at my breasts. For some reason, there was something, I was really hung up about my boobs. Now, I love them. They're the best asset of mine. I'm all about getting naked in front of people and enjoying my body as much as I do. But I just remember, I think even having sex for the first time, keeping my bra on and being so ashamed that anyone might even look at my boobs... I think I'd definitely tell my myself that I have great boobies. Yes. <laughs> and they all look different. Everybody's boobs look different. And no matter how misshapen or hairy they might be or, you know, they've got different nipples, love your own boobs. Because if you love your own boobs, other people will love your boobs yeah. too. It's Confidence is... More sexy than conventional beauty. Be confident about everything that you have because that's yeah. damn sexy. Yeah, and nipple hair is normal, by the way. So normal. As well as pubes down your thighs, completely normal. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> what uh, about you? Me? Uh, I think I would tell my younger self to stop being ashamed about every yeah. little thing that excites me. You know, I think some of the things that I like are pretty out there. But then, like, I feel like we all have, like, these... Things that I, I would tell you right now what they were, but I think we would get kicked out. <laughs> um, you know, but I think as a teenager and even like into my early 20s, there were so many things that I really liked and really turned me on. And I thought I was so weird. I thought I was messed up. Yeah, I there like was something screwed in the head. wrong with mm. me. Like, oh God, what happened to me to make me like these things? It's like, no, it's completely normal. Whatever you like, you like, and that's allowed and it's valid. And I just wish somebody had told me that because I think it's seeing other people who are so open and confident about saying what they like. That's what gave me the permission to be like, oh, I like that thing, too. Is that is that allowed? Is that cool now? Like, I don't have to be embarrassed about this anymore. Great. You know, so I think, yeah, just let go of all that shame because. Be proud of what you're into, like,
1: all our little kinks and... Absolutely. The weirder, the better. The weirder, the better. The only thing I wish someone taught me when I was that young to delete my history on the family computer. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> my poor mum must have been horrified. She must have thought, like, I've created a monster. It's like, no, mum, I just like weird stuff. Like, it's cool. It's cool.
2: I I remember my mum sitting me down and being that there had been porn on the family computer and and she sat me down and she was like, now it's okay to look at these things. And and, and these things were like all these naked women. And I was like, that wasn't me. (laughs) That wasn't me. Like I almost outed myself just to like, like, wasn't me, wasn't me. That's definitely so my good. brother, definitely yeah. my brother.
0: Weirdly, like, <laughs> I got, um, when I was, I think I was 13, and I had this email address, which, which was XXFloryXX, and I think the Xs um, put me in some weird sphere for yeah, receiving do strange <laughs> emails. So I remember getting this email, which was this, like, anime porn, and I was so scared of what I saw. I I didn't tell anyone. Oh no, that's horrible. first time I told anyone about this was probably in my twenties. And it must have just frightened you. Just like what is out there on the internet? Yeah, and I just had this email address, and they kept being—they kept sending me these emails, (laughs) and I'd open them up, and there was like a bunny rabbit with like "come over" themselves, and I was just like, "What is this? What is happening? What is this? That that
1: email should have been sent to me. That sounds great." Sorry, guys. <laughs> but it's, it's just such a shame that, it, it, well, you felt shame and that you couldn't talk to anyone, and nobody could say, oh, yeah, that's just some weird, like, hentai anime sphere that people are into, yeah. and, and it's okay to be into that, but it's okay not to be into that. Mm-hmm. That's such a shame you didn't have anyone to talk to. I
0: know. I think, like, shame is such a big part of sex, and it absolutely just should not be. I remember, also, another thing I was going to say was, I, if I would tell my younger self... Not to be ashamed of, like, things that happen by accident as well. Like, when I was 16, I had my first one-night stand and the condom broke and I had to get the morning-after pill. And I was so ashamed. I don't, and then I didn't have sex again for, like, a couple of years. Slimy. That's not
1: fair. That's not fair that anyone should make you feel shame like that, especially just over a normal accident. That can happen, you know, when you're older and more experienced. My mum was really angry at me as well. Oh, that
0: never told her. I was so scared. I think I was, like, shaking. I was so scared that I had to go and get this morning after pill. And also the guy, by the way, did not help the situation at all. He just, like, left his house and he never contacted me again. Oh... I
1: Traumatic.
2: I, yeah. I I once knew this guy, um, and he lost his virgini- virginity at eighteen when he was still um, living with his parents. And he managed c- to contract HIV <gasps> on his first time <gasps> on ever his having first sex. First
1: time. And
2: they used a condom. It was because it split. Oh. Um, and when he told his parents about that, he had to out himself. Of course. And they yeah. actually kicked him out and made him <gasps> homeless. Because of that. <gasps> on top and of that. He carried so much shame. Because of that, and the amount of people that would slut shame him and things, they would see that he was HIV positive and assume that he was a. There's nothing wrong with being. Am I allowed to say that word?
1: What slut shaming? Yeah. Um.
2: That there was. You know. You You should be allowed to be a slut if you want to be. But like so many people made this assumption about him. Um, or even worse like a, like a
1: drug drug user because a lot of yeah. hiv was revolved or you know you think about drugs or homosexuality because that's what was shoved down our throats at, at, during sex 100%. education mm. and that's that's so unfortunate especially when it's such a normal occurrence like a condom spitting happens yeah. and that, that yeah. i mean that's happened to me so many times you just have to i mean it's just so unfortunate that that happened to 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 your friend mm-hmm. yeah an absolute nightmare So we have some
0: advice as well from some of our listeners, which I am going to read out.
1: This is on the DM on Instagram. Follow us. Come curious, guys, if you're not already.
0: (laughs) Okay, so this one is masturbation is good for you. Just do it. (laughs) Was that a question?
2: Do we applaud them or like a
1: question? Oh, it's just advice people giving
0: their younger selves advice. Okay, I'm back in the room now. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But like some people do feel ashamed to masturbate Mm.
1: hugely, especially if you're well if you're brought up in a house where they don't talk about masturbation so freely or especially if it's it's bad and it's wrong to do I mean I I was very lucky in my house but I know that it got to a point when I was sleeping in the same room as my sister's I shouldn't really be touching myself in that way because my sister's there but I did it anyway because it felt good I was very lucky when I went up to the had my own room But masturbation is good. It's great. This is makes you feel getter getter. (laughs) Makes you feel good. It makes you feel better. It releases endorphins, Mm -hmm. and it's not just female masturbation. Male masturbation is also important. There's a huge way up between you know, oh, women never masturbate and, they, and men, for, it's almost like a joke for men to masturbate. It always has been in, in, yeah, in the media, movies yeah. and media and ha ha ha, he got hard on. And that's completely wrong. Like men should enjoy pleasure too. And it, it's, just, it's just as equal. All sexualities should enjoy pleasure, any kind of pleasure.
0: Yeah. Um, this one is not to stress about losing your virginity. It happens and it's never amazing. But sometimes it can be amazing. I mean
2: I, I mean, yeah, in theory sometimes. But like I don't know anyone whose first time was like amazing. Was it I
1: mean it? you said that yours
2: I said there was two people that I didn't say it was good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, amazing. You think of the first time as all like magical and the stars yeah. open and like you see the light. But uh, <laughs> it just never happens like that. It's kind of just like an awkward like yeah. moving thing. You're like is it over? It's done. Okay. I've lost it now. Yeah. It I was, comes with practice. Yeah, yeah, I
0: was so stressed about, like, so stressed about you losing my virginity. i I think I'd I'd wanted it to do it for like a couple of years before, and I was always just like really wanting it to happen. And the boyfriend I had at the time was very standoffish about it as well. Um, so I was just getting increasingly frustrated. And then when it happened, It yeah, there there definitely weren't fireworks. Yeah, it was a bit fumbly, awkward. It was like it weird being naked with another
1: person and
2: more like a sparkler than a (laughs) firework. (laughs)
1: Yeah, it's like one that just goes out. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) that's what it's like. (laughs) I I I think that's great though. (laughs) Sparkler. You don't
0: have to set your mind to anything. Go with the flow, and you might end up loving it.
1: I guess that's for like if I, anything sexual.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I just think I think a lot of the time we can go into sex, like especially if it's somebody like that. Oh, Maybe we've, we've wanted to get with this person for a long time or mm. maybe that we've want, been wanting to try this new thing with them. And then you kind of play it out in your mind. I know that I do over and over and over and over again. Whereas the like, fantasy <laughs> the,
1: in, your, in your mind, the fantasy can go perfectly and exactly how you want you yeah. to be in person. And it's your expectations are not necessarily met.
2: Yeah, so you might, like, okay, so, like, oh, I'm going to picture it being, like, oh, there's going to be candles everywhere and nice music. And yeah. then we're going to be, like, rolling around in linen bedsheets. And then it comes to reality, and you're on, like, the kitchen counter, and, like, you have to push the blender out the way
1: yeah. to make more room. And it's really cold, and you're slightly sweaty. Yeah, and you're and just it's like just, like... A bit messy. I think
2: fantasy is fine, but, like, just be careful with your expectations.
1: Mm, leave, yeah. it as, leave it as a fantasy. Yeah. Okay, this one is
0: having a one-night stand doesn't make you a disgusting slut.
2: This is true. So
1: very true. One-night stands are great. They're, even if they're not necessarily the time that you were looking for, it's still such an incredible learning curve. Mm -hmm. And you learn about yourself and you learn about other people, even if it's been like a great experience or not so much of a great experience. One night stands are are wonderful. That's if you want to do them. Lots of people don't want to do one night stands, especially if you connect with sex on an emotional level. A one night stand might not necessarily be what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. You You might want the emotional connection. You should
0: only ever have sex when you are fully comfortable to do it.
1: Or you're just really horny,
0: yeah. And you I just mean, can't. That's being comfortable, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> is it
1: just like oh, I don't really fancy you, but let's do it anyway. <laughs> um, okay,
0: don't go into sexual experiences expecting an orgasm. If it happens, that's a bonus.
1: I, I know it's quite a subject for women, but yeah. how is it for men? Is is it do you do you ejaculate every time you have sex?
2: No, and actually, one of the best sexual encounters I ever had was with a one night stand with. S- I was feeling a little bit desperate. It wasn't somebody that I would have <laughs> usually gone for, but I thought, you know what? Like, it's been a while. We've, we've gone through a dry spell. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do this anyway. And I actually had this really, really lovely encounter with this person with, uh, as a one-night stand where I just got him off, and there was no reciprocation. And I always describe that as one of the best sexual encounters that I've ever had. I don't know why. It just was really, really thoroughly enjoyable. I don't think that the orgasm always has to be seen as the be all and end all but at the same time i just want to kind of say that like i think people can be a little bit lazy when it comes to giving women orgasms Mm. um so like yes it does there doesn't have to be an orgasm there but don't just think that like oh the woman that you're sleeping with or, or, or or trans person or whoever it is um don't just think oh you know that they're a woman they 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 don't orgasm so like we're done here see you later like Um,
1: it is it is harder statistically harder for women to orgasm but it's not the right thing to do just expecting that they will or they won't you know every every person's different every set of genitals are completely different it's the same for men you can't expect a click of the finger and oh it's going to be easy to make them come because it isn't it's different for every single person Mm. no matter gender or sexuality yeah Mm -hmm. This is a really
0: important one. That it's okay to say no.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I remember there's there's definitely been a few times where I've been unsure because saying no is, is such a grey area. Because you're you can also think that you want one thing and say yes at the beginning and change your mind during whatever ever well ever experience you're going through. You can say yeah. no at the end, and that's when it becomes complicated because. You don't want to hurt the other person's feelings, or make the situation awkward, or make it into a big deal. And saying no can be such a scary word, but it shouldn't be. It should just be part yeah. of your vocabulary.
2: I think. I think when it comes to consent as well, I think we all have the responsibility to make sure that the other person. I don't know who says this. It might be Hannah Whitten that says this. I'm looking at her. Um, somebody well, has said this to me before, <laughs> where it's like consent is um, it sh- consent should be if it needs to be absolute minimum of enthusiasm yeah I've ruined that whatever that (laughs) quote was supposed to be um I've butchered it but you know like if somebody is kind of like if you're gonna have sex with somebody and they're very hesitant and they might be saying yes they might be saying the words yes they might be Mm -hmm. saying yes with their body language but if there's something there if they if they don't seem comfortable if they don't seem like they're enjoying it I think you know taking a step back like are, are you okay like I, do you definitely want to go ahead with that? I think it's really important. You know, consent isn't just about like you both going, do you want to do this? Yes. Okay, yeah. let's go. It's actually supposed to, it should be a conversation. It's, you should be communicating with each other.
1: And communication doesn't have to be verbal. Communication can be anything. It can be anything from like a facial expression to body language, reading the other person. If there's, you're right, if they're saying yes, but their body is saying no, ask them if everything's okay. You know, it, are you enjoying this? Yeah. And you can, it doesn't have to be a hard thing to talk about. You can make it fun and easy and have a laugh about it. Uh, You know, make sure that you're all okay with it. Yeah. I think it has, I think it is,
0: you have to be, it has to be an enthusiastic yes. Yeah. It can't just be a,
1: yeah.
2: Maybe. It's a controversial thing to say, but I would argue that if somebody says, yes, let's have sex, and then they lie there looking incredibly uncomfortable and they're not Mm. engaging, then I would say that that isn't consent.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you, you really do need to have a conversation before. I think yeah. especially when you're losing your virginity because it is everyone is quite nervous about it and they might not be, like, really raring to go. They, everyone just needs to have that conversation about consent before it actually happens.
2: Because we're all supposed to be there for a good time. Yeah, definitely. You know? We should be enthusiastic. We should be excited yeah. for it. I and know even, I am.
1: Even having, like, a, a conversation around consent might make them feel more comfortable... To saying yes, mm-hmm. because the option is there yeah. saying that, you know, if you're not comfortable at this time, you can say no. And, you know, that, that just that little moment might be lifted off their mind and they might think, oh, yeah, hell yeah, let's go for it.
2: Yeah. And that might be that you might think that that's a given. But I think actually saying that out loud, you know, if you're, if you're not comfortable at any time, just say and we'll, and we'll stop. Just that yeah. you know giving them that option. Yeah, that's like, really, yeah. really important.
0: Absolutely. Sex should always be fun. And that kind of wraps up this podcast. All right. So can't believe it. We're all finished. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, thanks, guys. You've
1: all been lovely and you all look beautiful today. Thank you so much for coming to see us live. At VidCon, especially. Big, big round of applause for our guest Callum. Thank you so Thank much. You. Thank you. <laughs> now, Please tell all of our viewers, where can they find you? Where can they f- get all your juicy details? Uh, I mean, if you just search my name on any
2: social media platform, I'll come up. But good luck spelling it. It's Callum with one L. And McSwiggan <laughs> is good luck. Do your best.
1: Amazing. And you'll be able to hear this on any kind of platform. Free. All you need to do is search Come Curious or F's given, but it's got two asterisks in because we're not allowed to say the word bop.
2: Uh-oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Major jump. <laughs> but thank you, everybody, for joining us today. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your yeah. day. Please subscribe <laughs> and leave us a review and a
0: rating. And we will s- hear you s- see you, soon. <laughs> see see hear you soon. soon. We won't hear you. We
1: hear <laughs> will you, see you soon. Much love, everyone. Thanks.
0: Bye. Bye.